girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, I am so excited that you're here for today's episode because we have on the show Danielle Canty. And honestly, you are just going to love every second of this conversation. If you're not familiar with Danielle, she is the co-founder of Boss Babe, which I'm sure you've heard of. You might even follow them on Instagram, but they have helped over 100,000 ambitious women start, grow, and scale their businesses. And you know what's so crazy that Danielle shared in this episode is less than 18% of women hit six figures in their business and only 2% reached the seven figure mark. And let me just say she is fired up and really passionate to change that. And I think you're just going to really think this episode is refreshing. It's like girlfriends chatting. We talk a lot about Danielle's background and that she had a really good job that on paper made sense, which I know a lot of women in this community, maybe you specifically, can identify with this feeling of wanting more. And that evolved into her owning her own chiropractic business. And she just wasn't as fulfilled as she wanted to be. And we specifically talk a lot about transitions and pivoting and the mental blocks that come up with that, navigating other people's opinions of our vision or our life path, and what she really did from a tactical perspective to step into her power and build one of the largest brands for women in business ever. I think you are going to find this episode really inspiring and fun to listen to. And I think it's really going to light a fire like in you and like under your booty to really think about how you can step more into your own life and your dreams. So without further ado, let's dive into the show. Danielle, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome, girl. Thank you so much. I'm actually really excited to be here. Um, It's it's going to be five been interviewed actually. So I'm excited. (laughs) Cool. And we have a lot of juicy topics that we're going to talk about. But what I want to start with is, you know, people might know you now from what you've done with Boss Babe, which is absolutely incredible. But I want to take it back a little bit because you used to be a chiropractor, which feels like it could be completely unrelated. And there are a lot of women in this community that, you know, like I've mentioned to you that They've done the thing that they thought that they were supposed to do. And maybe it was actually a passion of theirs at one point, but then they kind of got there. They looked around and they're like, crap, I don't want to do this anymore. Or it doesn't feel aligned or there's something that's like tugging at my heartstrings. But as you know, there can be a lot of resistance that we create internally, but also other people's feedback about it. So tell us about the journey of like how this all started and what you were doing prior. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, I remember being at school um, about 14 years old and the teacher asking us like, what do we want to be when we grow up um, was the question. And they gave us all these ideas like lawyers, policemen, like there was no YouTuber at that point. Um, And I think it's just really funny how at such a young age, you're asked to define who you're going to be for the next um, 30, 40, 50 years. And I always really, really struggled with that. I knew I wanted to help people, but outside of that, I was kind of a little bit confused. 
anyway, long story short, I ended up being a chiropractor because I wanted to help people and all the chiropractors I knew were so, so excited about, you know, their job, their occupation, et cetera. So in 20, uh, 2006, I left school, started my chiropractic degree and, you know, I went full force into it. All I ever wanted to do was then be a chiropractor. I applied for no other schools. I just applied for one school to do that. And I graduated to town and went on this journey that was very like mapped out. So that classic journey around like, Hey, I'm going to get the degree. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to work for somebody. And then I just kind of hit this wall that was like, wait, this is it? Like, this is this is the life? Mm-hmm. And I realized that I had been chasing the next thing my entire life around like every single grade. And I was chasing as a chiropractor, like to get the distinction, to get the job, and then to have my own clinic, which I had. And then I was like, well, where do I go from here? I'm like 26 years old where do I go from here? I've like achieved all the things I set out to when I was 14 years old, but like what now? Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of guilt, honestly, about that feeling. Like, hang on a minute. Why am I not grateful for where I am? But the truth was, I felt like something was missing. I felt like I was meant for more. I felt like I wanted to do more with my life. And at that point I was working in the clinic where, you know, I didn't even really see outside light. Like the windows were all frosted up and I was just like, this feels like a prison cell. Like I literally Mm. felt like my clinic, as much as I love my patients, was just stifling any creativity and a lot of my happiness really. And, but you know what? I didn't do anything about it because guess what? I felt guilty because I'd gone to school to get that education. Like that was the track that I wanted to be on. And it wasn't until 2016 where I went skiing with my family and my dad had a really bad skiing accident. He, um, we were skiing along and we were going really fast and he slipped and fell at 70 miles an hour. Actually, oh it was 68.9, if we're to be precise, because my brother says he didn't get the 70. <laughs> um, wow. But he slipped and fell and landed on his um, backside, essentially, and fractured all of his pelvis. And he was helicoptered off, oh. had to have a huge operation. And I remember as him being taken to the next hospital because the hospital we went to initially wasn't big enough to deal with such a severe um, incident. And in this moment, um, you know, you were like living in that and we were just like, okay, focusing on dad, amazing. And like just making sure like he was going to be okay. Um, but then it came to the end of the holiday and I had to go home. And I was like, this sucks. Like I might have financial freedom, what I would have classed as financial freedom at that point. Um, but I didn't actually have choice freedom. Like I didn't have a choice. Like I had to go back to my job, even though I owned it, really the clinic owned me. I was like seeing all these patients and I went back to that and I realized, you know what, if I don't create the life that I long for 20, another 20 years is going to pass me by and I'll have lived a life that I'm not actually truly happy with at. And it was in that point in that decision that I was like, we get like one life, we get yeah. to choose. And what's the point if it isn't making us happy? I'm a really big believer in seasons and changes and being mm-hmm. okay with change. A lot of people create resistance and stories about 
creating change. But yeah. in that moment, I was like, you know what? I deserve change. Mm-hmm. I deserve to create a life that I enjoy live, living. And you know what? Great. 10 years ago, my dream was to be a chiropractor. That's not my dream anymore. Yes. And so I allowed myself to start thinking about what is my dream life? What do I want to create? Where is the next level that I want to go to? And mm-hmm. that really started me into transitioning into online, which you guys then know my next step was Boss Babe. Yeah. Okay. So during that transition, because like I mentioned, there are a lot of women that listen to this show that are struggling with, I'm known for this thing, or my identity is wrapped up in this thing, or the external pressure of like parents, like you paid for school for this long, or you spent this much time or the whole like sunk cost fallacy of like, you spent this much time doing this. So like, you can't possibly want to do something else. How did you navigate, like when that feeling first did come up where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, but I spent a lot of time and money and effort, like building out my own clinic. How, how did you deal with the identity aspect of it? So identities are just labels and the beauty of labels is we can take them on and off. Yeah. And that was the realization that I came to. I think sometimes people get really attached and does anyone listening to this notice whether it's you're attached to your label? Mm. And so a lot of people are like, oh my goodness, I can't possibly make this change. All these external factors of what other people think, whereas really is a disguise of like what they feel about themselves. So I really got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm okay changing this label, but it wasn't an overnight decision. Like it was a gradual change. So what I did, like a lot of people actually don't know this, um, in this is 2016, right? 2016 was my dad had this accident and I was like, I want to create change. Mm -hmm. And so the change was the biggest thing. And I always remember, I've actually been divorced too, and I never think about like, oh, I regret these years or I regret being a chiropractor. I wouldn't have been in the position to create change of changing a chiropractor if I hadn't been a chiropractor. I wouldn't have been in the position to find the love that I now have if I hadn't previously been married um, and had that created that change. So I think changing is actually evolving and the careers that you've previously done actually support you in that next growth. So let me tell you how a chiropractor, my skill set as a chiropractor helped me change because whether you're a lawyer, whether you're an admin, whether you're in childcare, whatever you are, Mm -hmm. I promise you that even if you had that vocational degree, even if you had that degree, there are things that transition. So you might look at me going, well, what about chiropractic is going to transition online, right? But that wasn't the way I chose to look at it. I was like, okay, chiropractor. I am really, really good with people, right? Mm -hmm. I speak to people day in, day out. (laughs) I have tuned in my listening skills because I listen to people's pains and problems and support them healing. So guess what? Now I'm a really, really freaking good networker because I listen first. I'm really good at holding space to other people's emotions. And that transitioned into now on an online business where I actually make friends really easily, whether it's virtually or out in person in LA, like that's really helped me. Um, I might have been like, oh, as a chiropractor, I'm no good at sales. Like, I'm no good at this stuff. I'm like, actually, really speaking, I'm getting people to invest in their health on a daily basis. So how Mm -hmm. can I transfer that skill set into online? Okay, well, actually, you know, I understand these aspects or the business side of chiropractic. You know, like that has nothing to do with online. Well, actually, business is business. How much are you bringing in? And mine is how much you're spending. There's your profit. Very simple (laughs) business, Okay. And so I really started to choose to see that I had attributes and skill sets that I could take with me. And that identity, that label as a 
chiropractor might shift, but all the other labels underneath it are things that I was good at. I was taking with me. Like it was just a transition. And I, share that I started in 2016 because it wasn't until 2018 that I actually founded Boss Babe. And there was this two-year period where I was trying new things on. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, let me see about starting an Amazon shop. Let me see about, you know, other businesses that I could potentially do. But the point was, I wasn't afraid to try and I wasn't afraid to look. And I think that's one of the biggest Mm -hmm. things that most people do. They stand in their own way. Like, oh, I don't know what to do. But they don't try on the other labels. They don't try on the other hats. And that is really what it's about, is about going, okay, I want to create change. The only change, I'll tell you this now, the only change I knew I wanted to create was to be online because I didn't want to be stuck in a location. The accident happened when we were in France and I wanted to be able to work wherever I wanted in the world and not have to take a step back. That was my only criteria at that point. Mm-hmm. And except that I wanted to help people too. But outside of that, I really, really didn't know much. And yeah. so I just allowed myself this two years where I was still working and I was moonlighting. I was doing things in the evening or doing things on the weekend or doing mm-hmm. things wherever I could find time to like do these extra pieces um, that were helping me get closer to um, founding Boss Babe. And yeah. I, they always say your best your best, um, you know, place or your next role is the, your best at helping where you've come from. So if you can help someone where you have been, like that's Mm -hmm. always going to be a great role for you. And I realized that as a chiropractor and entrepreneur, I was really lonely. And so I was like, okay, like there must be other people that are lonely. And then how can I go and find them and create them? And that's how Boss Babe was born. It's so important, Danielle, for people to hear this because I think often when you're in this season of making a transition, it's easy to look for how the dots don't connect. Mm -hmm. But instead you're like, okay, let me look at this from the lens of, you know, whatever you look for, you're going to find. So you're looking for all the ways that this could support, like the skills that you have now could support the next thing, even though it's a big TBD. And, you know, I'm sure you hear this from women in your community where it's like, we have this idea of like, okay, I'm going to try this one thing and this has to be my thing. And people put so much freaking pressure on it. I'm like, what if we like release some of this pressure like you did for this two-year venture of I'm going to try this. I either, I'm going to like it or I don't like it. And that is good feedback. And then I'm going to move on to the next thing. Like, I think you just gave a lot of people listening in this permission slip of like, let's not make it feel so rigid and restrictive and like this very like, you know, like restrained way of approaching things, but it can just be more curiosity, which then led you to- what you're doing now. So, okay. Boss babe. Holy crap. Like when you think about you starting this, like just in contrast to where you are now, like, how do you feel about how much growth has happened with this? Like for you as a person, but also as a company? Yeah. Um, I think it's really extraordinary. And one thing I would say is I never envisaged it. I never saw this coming, honestly. And I think you can sometimes only dream, um, to what you're able to see. And when Mm. I was in, um, when I was a chiropractor in a place called Bristol in the UK, there wasn't a lot happening. Like it wasn't like there were, you know, um, celebrities in that area. It wasn't like there were big mansions in that area or really, really fancy cars or people going in luxurious locations. Like I was not exposed to any of that. And I really wasn't exposed to people building multi, multi multi-million dollar companies. Like I didn't, Mm -hmm. that wasn't even in my aura or or my consciousness. So really Boss Babe was just started with putting one foot in front of the other and being like, okay, well let's help women. Let's Mm -hmm. create a community. 
And I see this a lot with entrepreneurs. Like I run a mastermind of women trying to go from multi six figures to seven figures and seven figures and beyond. And what I notice the most, the ones that get have the most challenges is the ones that are trying to go from, okay, in their head, multiple six figures to 10 million, right? And then it becomes intimidating. Mm -hmm. Then it becomes like, where do I start? What do I do next? What am I supposed to do? Versus if you just say, okay, I'm only at multi six figures. What's the million? How do I get yeah. to the million? And then when you're at a million, how do I get to two million? And you might mm -hmm. find sometimes that you end up hitting four. But mm -hmm. the point is, you're doing something because the biggest challenges when you're creating transition or whether you're creating change or whether you're building everything, you're trying to look 10 steps ahead. And therefore, you mentioned something earlier, you're missing the feedback of what's working and what's mm -hmm. not. Nothing is ever a failure. I had to do so much work on feeling like, hang on a minute, this result didn't go the way I thought it would or in my favor in quotation marks, but it actually was just feedback as to whether that thing was worth pursuing or not, or whether I was being moved into another direction. Mm -hmm. And I think like the key thing is it's great to have the dreams and it's great to have the visions. Like I always do vision boardings and have these things that, you know, I'm aspiring for. But I also try and come back to like the roots, like come back to what's the next step? Like, because otherwise I get intimidated. Like yeah. I'm like, hang on a minute. Like, I don't know how we could possibly <laughs> get there right now. And therefore I get scared to do anything mm -hmm. because I'm intimidated to make the wrong decision. And I share that really candidly and openly because I don't feel like enough people are having this conversation. Like it is scary to set amazing, amazing dreams and you also have to make sure those goals and those aspirations are not paralyzing you in the now and creating procrastination around what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this and you've kind of got a job and you're like, okay, I want to start a business, maybe reframe that. Like, hey, I just want to earn an extra $100, $200 on the side right now. Yes. Like that's my goal and that's my aim. Because trust me when I say, when you start looking for things, more things will come to you. You'll start finding your feet. You'll start learning to walk a little easier. You'll have less wobbles. And then the steps, the next steps become a little bit, you know, easier to navigate and take each time. So yeah. that would be, I think, my... You know, when you asked me about, did I see it coming? No, because I wasn't focused on 10 steps ahead of me. I was mm -hmm. focused on one or two. And honestly, I think if I had predicted it, I probably would have never done any of it and like been paralyzed and the thought of all the things to come. <laughs> like if you told me when I was going to start that I would be moving to America, I would have been like, what? If you told me like from the start that, you know, I would be doing the certain things and living the life that I am now and have the friends that I do, I'd be like, what? Like, yeah. I would never, I would have been so intimidated by that. Yeah. I think that's really relatable because so often, you know, a lot of women that listen to the show, they are big dreamers and they have a big vision. And sometimes it's easy to get caught up in that distance between where you are now and where you want to go and then create stories of like, yeah. I can't do this. And like all this like imposter syndrome crap, but it's like, well, you qualify yourself on the path. Like you learned the skills. Like the other thing, Danielle, that I think would be cool for you to speak to is like, imagine like little like baby version of Danielle that just started Boss Babe. And you're like, I just want to like start this business. If we were to plop you into your current role now with your current responsibilities, everything would spontaneously combust, right? Because you weren't 100%. the person yet that could, like you had to become her. And I think we don't give ourselves permission 
or we don't let ourselves understand this idea that like you're going to learn the skills and coping mechanisms and how to support yourself and how to build community that you'll need to support you at that big vision. But if you're getting caught up on that, like you're just not that person yet, which is totally cool. You know? Exactly. And like, that's the thing, like you, your kind of entrepreneurship is kind of like building the plane whilst you're flying Yeah, on here and adding one here. And like, this is the other thing that I've really uncovered with working more closely with other people's businesses is you think everyone else has it figured out way better than you. Mm -hmm. You think that, um, you know, that business over there is like running so much more smoothly than yours, that they don't have any marketing issues, that they don't have any operations <laughs> issues, that they don't have people issues, that they couldn't possibly understand what you're going through because your business is so much harder than theirs. It's well, BS, right? <laughs> because the reality is all businesses are a bit of a shit show behind the scenes, all right? right. And your role is to make it as little as a shit show as possible, right? <laughs> but I want to just bring reality to that because I think there's this highlight real in this comparison. And the point of business too is it has to be scrappy to get it to work, to get it off the ground, to mm-hmm. you're going to make mistakes, you're going to do things wrong. And as a retired perfectionist, <laughs> <laughs> I love um, that term. <laughs> I really struggled with that in the early days. I thought like everything was going to be perfect and neat and tidy and then I realized that you know what there was always going to be a fire mm-hmm. my job was just to keep the fires really small you know <laughs> stop them like getting out of control and burning the house down yeah. and so just again like I I think my biggest thing was like I just I share all of this because I just want anyone to know that is listening to this or is building their business that it's okay. It's okay that you don't have everything figured out. It's okay that you don't know how you're going to get from, you know, a hundred dollars or even how to start. Like it's okay. None of us did. None of us Mm -hmm. do on parts of the journey and we're all just figuring it out. And, you know, I'm so, so blessed to speak to some of the best entrepreneurs in the world. Like I have several friends who have built billion dollar companies, right? right? So I'm also sharing this for the conversations that I've had with them too. Right. They're not telling me, oh yeah, when they built billion dollar companies that their businesses were perfect, that they didn't have fires. In fact, they'll tell you that the bigger the businesses got, the more fires they actually had, yeah. right? And so just taking, just taking some, um, you know, like just solace in that. Like, you know, like, yeah. okay, I'm not alone in this. And wherever you are in your journey, if you're just starting out, if you're scaling it, like whatever that is, like all of the feelings, all the things in between, all the transitions, all the growth, they're absolutely normal. And yeah. like you say, we're we're figuring it out as we're going along and you're yeah. getting better than you were yesterday. Like that's the Which point. is the fun part about it too. Like it, we think we want this linear path, but it would be so boring if you knew exactly what was coming for your entire life. I'm like, don't sign me up for that shit. You know what um, I always <laughs> say too is that to feel the ups, you have to know what the lows feel like. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a second. You don't know what it's like to feel happy if you don't know what it feels like to be sad right? Mm -hmm. You actually don't because you would just be this even keel of like, that's your new stabilization factor. So when you're having the hard times or when you're having the happy times or the sad times, just remember the polarity is what you, we all need in life. Polarity is life. And I think that perspective around like, oh, I'm having this challenge and my interpretation of this challenge is X, Y, and Z, that is what you tell it is. You can Mm -hmm. make stories out of anything. I was a 
how you feel about something is just based on your thought around it. So if you can control your thoughts, you can control your feelings, which then control your actions, which then control your results. Yes. So all of it is within your control. And also sometimes if you do have those thoughts and feelings that are negative or positive, just know that they both need to happen either way. Yeah. So good. And so powerful. Okay. I want to ask you some tactical tips for, because a lot of the women that are building communities or brands or businesses of any sort where it's a real, like, I mean, what you've built with Boss Babe, the community aspect of it is absolutely incredible and aspirational for a lot of people, which is really cool. So from a tactical perspective, if you're just getting started with building a brand, like what do you feel like are some things that you've noticed sometimes people miss or could be really helpful for them to know when they're just in that getting started stage? Um, I always think that brands really need to be built on values. Okay. Mm. Like brands are actually built on value systems. It's bringing people together that believe in a thing, right? Yeah. And nowadays, lots of products, um, I've been talking about this a lot more recently, lots of products need to have a belief system around them, okay? Mm. Um, particularly Gen Z um, and millennials still, like looking for like, okay, I'm buying from this brand and it's giving back to X, or I'm buying from this brand because their ethos is X, Y, and Z. And mm. that can be uniting people over a common interest, or it can be uniting people over a common enemy. I've seen some really cool brands be like, hey, all our swimwear is made from recycled plastic because we believe in taking plastic out of the ocean, right? Yeah. Um, I've seen other brands. I mean, a great example of this, Tom's, which was buy one, give one. And so Boss Babe was about being unapologetically ambitious. That was the value that you are here to say, hey, I want to make more money. I want to go after that job. I want that pay rise. Like I want to build that business and I'm going to be unapologetic and tell you Mm -hmm. about that, right? That was the underlying and underpinning value of Boss Babe. Another one was collaboration over competition right? So it's about finding, I think a lot of people miss, it's about having the values of your brands, but saying the things that you are, but also saying the things that you are not. So really uniting over like, hey, we stand against, so we stand against the statistics that only 2% of women are building businesses to 7 million um, to 1 million. Like that's Mm -hmm. crazy. Like I want to change that. And it's really cool when we found a boss babe in 2018, the statistics were, um, women founded businesses were t- made up of 22% um, of businesses founded in the US, only mm. 22%. Last wow. year it was found to be 48%. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. I didn't know That's that. That's incredible. But the stat that hasn't changed, which then inspired me to start my mastermind was the, because only, only 7% of, uh, only 2% of women's businesses are hitting seven figures. I'm like, this has to change. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not okay. And so, you know, we talk about boss babes, like how we unite over here. And my personal brand is uniting people over like, no, that's not okay. Yeah. Like these stats have to change. Women are smart. Women can build businesses. And I honestly believe it's because women don't advocate for themselves enough yeah. in growing their businesses or asking for the money or taking on the risk that sometimes it does take. And so yeah. I share that with, you know, whenever you're building a brand, the core aspects, are the values, and then uniting the community of the values and talking about those values unapologetically over and over again, but having those. And I would always say too, you should hire and fire on your values as well. You should Mm -hmm. hire people that have the same values as you. Like I was never going to be hiring someone for boss babe that 
literally is like, oh yeah, like I believe like women should stay at home with their children. Right. <laughs> right. It's not going to work. Like you don't yeah. have the same value systems I do. And great if you believe that. That's also amazing. I hope you're loving this conversation with Danielle. I just had to say, if this episode is really resonating with you, my guess is it's because you are a business owner already and you're really excited about taking yourself and your business to the next level and your impact to the next level, or you've got something in you, like maybe like very viscerally in you that's telling you it's time for you to step it up a notch, right? Or to make a change or even something that's just saying, I don't know, I think there's a different path for me. There's more for me in this one shot that I have here on the planet. And honestly, I just really care about helping you and supporting you. And podcasts are so great. And I'm so grateful that you're here. And online programs are awesome. But there is nothing like physically getting in the room with other women that get it. And I wanted to make sure that you know, maybe you've heard about this already. If you haven't yet, Empower Her Live. This is our massive, literally picture hundreds of women from all across the country together in person live event for listeners of this podcast. Women like you that are maybe seeking clarity on what's next for them and their life, their career, their relationships, women that maybe have businesses, brands, or podcasts, or careers that they want to grow in, but they recognize that their mindset is holding them back and they don't know what to do. Maybe you can connect with that. Or women, and maybe you'll connect with this, that truly, deeply are craving real, genuine connections because... Maybe you're the most ambitious, passionate one in your friend group. I've definitely been there. Or deep down, you know that you need to change up your environment. You need to get around people that inspire you and maybe even look more like the direction that you're headed rather than just where you've been. That's when things can really change, when you get to meet these women in person, which is why I literally transitioned my entire business to focus on in person this year. So if any of that resonates with you, you've got to come snag your ticket and come to Empower Her Live. This year, it's in Denver, Colorado. September 22nd through the 24th, I literally created this event because the biggest catalyst for me and my personal growth and as an entrepreneur has been from physically getting in the room to connect with people and to give myself that space to really think and evolve and figure out what's next for me. So you have no idea what could come from this event. Even if you don't know a single person going, there were so many women last year that didn't know one person and left with incredible friends and even partnerships and really cool collaborations that came from it. And honestly, you just deserve to be in this room. So we've got less than four months to this event. It's our last Empower Her Live and I would love to see you there. So come snag your ticket at empowerherlive2023.com or you can text me if you're pumped. Let's go. Feel free to include as many O's as you want to 512-548-2728. Again, text let's go to 512-548-2728 and I'll send you all the deeds. Now, without further ado, let's dive back into the show. And yeah. you you get to be that, but likelihood is like you're not gonna, it, it's, it's not going to be the types of sassy quotes that we post or- yeah. Um, the way there's ways that we would build um, infrastructure within our business, et cetera. So I think just taking a pause for a second and realizing like, okay, if I'm building a brand, like what are my core values? Some people care about environmental um, issues and some people don't. And if you don't, you probably shouldn't work in a business that really cares about what's happening to their packaging. Right. Like it's probably not going to be a really, really good that or start a business in that way. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's really like finding out you know, what's in your heart? Like, what do you truly care about Mm -hmm. that you would do regardless of whether you were paid or not? 
Like that's the thing as well. Like that's the real secret to businesses, creating something that you are passionate about, that you would talk about, even if you're not being paid to talk about it. Yes. And then, you know, from that, I think I'm sure you see this a lot in your community too. The women that have this idea of like, but I want to be, you know, I want to cater to everyone or like, I don't want to ostracize anyone or I don't want to have anyone feeling left out. And like, we know that that doesn't work, but can you just speak to how that wouldn't have worked for Boss Babe? If you had decided we want to cater to stay-at-home moms who don't want to build businesses and we want to cater to this, it's like so many people you're trying to serve. Yeah, because then it dilutes it. So right. if you speak if you speak to everyone, you actually speak to no one because no right. one really gets it. Um, did you guys, I think you guys have Vegemite or do you call it Marmite? Do you have Marmite here? Uh, I don't think so. It was like this, yeah. like this, uh, it's so big in the UK. It's called Marmite, but they did this huge advertising campaign. I think it's Vegemite that you put on your toast, essentially, me guys. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And they was like, you either love it or you hate it, right? That mm-hmm. was their whole branding campaign because it's actually true right? <laughs> and people either love this stuff and would have it on their toast all the time or they would absolutely hate it and be like, oh my God, how can you even eat that? And you want people to feel something from your brand, right? If people don't feel, like, just think about this for a second. I am telling you about an ad campaign that I saw when I was about 10 or 11. Wow. And it's always stayed with me, right? So think about that for a second. If you don't get to evoke emotion from something, you are you're like forgettable. Like Mm -hmm. no one's going to remember. So I think the key thing is I really believe in not being offensive. Like I don't, you do not need to be offensive, right? Yeah. I am not, I'm not here to say any life that I lead is better than anybody else's or vice versa or anything. You know, I don't believe in that, but what I am here to say is like, Hey, I'm unapologetically ambitious. I believe that women um, get to create the wealth that they want. I think entrepreneurship is an amazing way to do that. And I'm very, very enthusiastic about be- women being entrepreneurs. I think we're better in business. I think the statistics show that when women are on uh, founder seats or board seats, those businesses um, statistically perform better over and over again. And I will be very passionately talking about this, right? Yes. But if I take, so now you're listening to me, you're like, oh my God, I believe in that too. Like I Mm want to hang out where she's hanging out because those people sound like my people, right? Whereas if I was like, yeah, you know, like I think everyone can do anything really. You know, you could be an entrepreneur. You could be a, you could work for someone too. Yeah, you could, you could do any of those things. It just doesn't have the polarity of someone wanting to get close to me because what are they really getting? They're getting wishy-washy. Yeah. So that's what's really important to think about with your brand is like you where are you where are you planting where are you planting your pole in the ground? Mm-hmm. Like where are you saying like this is what I stand by? Yeah. And so it can be in a respectful way. I can have people being like, oh, I don't think women um should be in business. I'm like, okay, that's like completely fair enough. Like Totally yeah. good for you. Like you're like here for your beliefs. And if you know you believe in um a different home system, that's like also amazing. Like go do you. And there are communities for that person as well. Yeah. I'm just not the one running it. Yeah. And so I think that's the realization of being like when you are attracting people's attention, particularly on social media, you have like 0.13 seconds to grab someone's attention. So they need to know what you stand for, what you stand against, what your values are in a really, really simple takeaway. And if you don't have those, if they're not strong, you're going to be like, eh, 
I'll go on. And I'll also just share one other thing, right? When we, if you think about the biggest brands, they're known for things, right? It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, Starbucks started and they were like trying to be a fine dining restaurant. They're like, oh no, but we don't want to just be a coffee shop. Like we want to do like, you know, dinner time restaurants and all these things that would be confusing. Like no one really knows what they are. Like, oh, Starbucks yes. coffee. Got it. Boss babe, unapologetically ambitious women. Danielle advocated for women in business. Cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it's much easier for them people to describe you, which actually then attracts it. And also 7 billion people in this world. You only, you don't need all of them. Like it's yes, okay. That, which Danielle, that is so important for people to hear. Like you just like your section of who you can serve in a way that you're going to be so freaking lit up to serve. That's who you're supposed to serve because like your, your point, and we talk about this often on the podcast. It's like everybody's gifted a different vision and it's not going to look like everybody else's, which is amazing. There are women listening into this that are going to hear you right now. And they're like, this is my girl. Oh my gosh. I connect with everything she's saying. I feel aligned with this. And there are some people that's like, oh, I like her, but that's not what I believe in. And that's totally mm-hmm. cool. But it's like, you got to find your lane that you're going to be passionate enough to want to serve because it's also to your point you know, there's always fires. It's going to be a shit show yeah. sometimes. So you're going to have to like it enough and care about it enough to want to keep pushing through all of the resistance that you're going to feel no matter how long you've been in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. And I think like that's also, you know, that resilience and that being able to push through is like when you find things that you're passionate about. Yes. And I think also passion is very different from arrogant or rudeness it's just like oh I'm passionate about this thing um and when you do have passion about something it comes across and people want to be around that so I think I allow people and also like I have people in my mastermind who earn like a million dollars and like not that many followers and I -hmm. also think there's this misconception around like oh like I need to have a million followers before I can earn a million dollars that's not true at all um, mm-hmm. we did that completely. Like we had a million dollars way before we had a million followers. And yeah. so I think that's also just the realization for everybody. Like you just, the social media works and it's a great way to promote things. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't, it doesn't equate, yeah. translate to money in the bank, right? You yeah. can actually earn a lot more before that. If you've created a good, strong community and where people come to buy from you once, but they also buy from you over and over again, because now they know your value system and they know what you stand for and against. Yes. So good. Okay. On a personal note, you have transitioned from being more behind, a little bit more, I would say like behind the scenes almost into being a lot more forward facing with boss, uh, boss babe as a whole. And you talked about this at a mastermind that I was at, I mentioned this to you, but um, how did that transition come about? When did you recognize that you were kind of maybe even like hiding a little bit and what did that feel like? And how did you kind of move through it? Because I think there are women that can connect that right yeah. now they're kind of hiding behind a business, even if they feel a pull towards doing something else. Like, what was yeah. that like? That transition, let me tell you, was <laughs> so hard, yeah. so hard. I never, ever, I remember having a boyfriend when I was about 14 and he was like, I just want to be famous. <laughs> and I was like, I cannot think of anything worse than being famous. No, thank you. Um, and so I never, I never wanted to be in the limelight. I never wanted to have that attention on me. And, you know, particularly as a chiropractor, it wasn't like a skill set that I'd got either. I was used to being like one-to-one in a room. 
And, um, but over a period of time, what was happening. So when we first, uh, founded Boss Babe, Natalie was like already on social media. She was like very front facing and I was dealing with all the operations, the product, um, the building society, the customer services, the finances, the legal, like I was doing all that side of the business, which took up an awful lot of time. Right. Um, but I was always teaching with inside the programs that we had. And what we started to notice is that a lot of people related to Natalie, um, or they related to me. They were like, hang mm-hmm. on a minute. I find it so easy to show up on social media or hang on a minute. I'm more like Danielle and I'm really, really struggling. And so in 2019, so we found it in 2018, 2019, I realized that I was actually doing a bit of a disservice to the community because I wasn't really sharing my story. I was still really hiding away a lot. And this is how bad it was, you guys. I would um, do a face-to-camera story and it would probably take me about 20 times to do it yeah. until I felt like I had one that I was posting. I'm like doing it down, doing it down like all yeah. the time because I just didn't feel confident. I was telling myself it wasn't good enough. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't all of these things. But really it was because I was scared to be seen. I was scared to be seen in all my all my like facets like oh yeah. she's good at this but she's not good at this like she's good at this but maybe she can't do this like I was scared for that and it took me a really long time and we did um we did a bit in part of the society we would have these like months and the thing that changed it was I decided that I was going to hold myself accountable with the community and I was going to show up online for 30 days in a row yeah and I made this commitment to myself and the community And I started showing up and posting on stories every single day. And I just started with stories. The feed was still really, really intimidating for me. In fact, sometimes it's really intimidating for me now to do the feed stuff. Um, But I would start doing the stories every single day. And that's really how I then transitioned and realized that if I didn't share my story, Danielle from two years ago, like she needed that. And there were women in my community who I realized were – where I was previously and they needed the help coming forwards. And so, um, I taught my friend, Jamie Kahn-Lima, she, um, founded it cosmetics and she uh, spoke at our event last year. She's amazing. I love her. And she, she talks about bringing people into the room with you. And I realized that so many, so many people, men and women have had their hands out to me and pulled me forwards with them. Mm. And so it's my duty to have my hand behind me pulling other people with me. So if I'm going to receive a hand, I'm also going to take a hand with me. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I started looking at things like, okay, I've got to this point. And so to help more women and to bring people on this journey, I have to show up for them. And yeah. so really the thing that got me over my fear, which I think a lot of women will relate to, it wasn't actually doing it for myself. It was actually doing it for other people. And yeah. so whether those other people are your family members or your friends or people in your community, they're like, oh, I need to share the story, then that's really what got me to shift in like sharing that. And then I just realized that also I got to show up as my authentic self. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't really here to, um, the people I'm really lucky. I've like, I'm particularly on my like personal side on my personal brand page. Everyone is so, so amazing. And I think sometimes you get into this like thought pattern of like, oh my God, if I grow on social media, I get might get hate. Or if I grow on these things, like mm-hmm. honestly, I, I have 
been so fortunate. I would say like 99.99999% has been like the most positive thing, insanely positive and only actually supported me and lifted me up on this journey. So I think that's really understanding like why you're standing in your own way. I also think what's really important is I don't like that people think the only way to build a business is on social media now. That absolutely Mm. is not true, right? You definitely as a brand need a presence on social media, but that does not mean your personal brand has to be on social media, right? It doesn't mean you have to be doing face to camera. It does not mean these things. You can still be phenomenal business people. I know some crazy, crazy wealthy business people. They don't even have social media accounts, right? Their businesses do, and they have people who are running it, et cetera, but they're not building personal brands. They're building businesses behind the scene. And I also just want to hold space for like, hey, lean into what you are good at. Lean into the things that you excel. Don't let anyone tell you that those talents are less worthy than anyone else's. Mm -hmm. Like we live in a world where you get to be multifaceted. You get to have all these different things and your role is how to get the most out of yourself. That's your number one job, how to create an environment that you excel in. And if you know you are never going to be on social media and social media makes you miserable and you hate putting your face to camera, don't do it. Go and find a business or go and create something that is leveraged in a different way because it really is possible. And one thing I'll share on this too is my realization. I was like, we social media is you're cre- consuming content via creators, people who like creating. Yeah. But you can't consume content by people who are operators because they're not the ones creating that you're seeing all the time. So, so you true. just have to look in different places and have different conversations to realize that like both the polarities exist there, and mm-hmm. whichever camp you're falling into, great. Decide yeah. on that and lean into that, and don't let that make you think your dreams are attainable or not attainable if you're not a creative. Yeah. It's important for people to realize like how much your skill set is needed because my best friend Jackie and I build the entire Empower Her brand and I'm definitely the visionary person and she's the integrator. Like this shit wouldn't work if she wasn't integrating and that's her lane and her zone of genius that she loves. And there's been a lot of women in our community that are like, oh, I connect more with like her skill set. And it's like, it's important too. And like, I love that you decided to go, you know, more forward facing with your particular story, Danielle, because I do think that there are probably half the people in your community that are connecting more with that of like, this felt uncomfortable for me. And then it's almost like they tell themselves the story then that if like, oh, if this is uncomfortable for me, then I could never do it if I wanted to. And it's like, well, if you want to, again, because it's also a desire, Mm -hmm. you wanted to share your story that you just chose to start doing that and hold yourself accountable to it. So it's like, I just think this entire conversation is such a permission slip to everyone that yes, we need to give to ourselves, but sometimes it's helpful to just hear from like a girlfriend type, yeah. you know, format of like, you can evolve. You're supposed to evolve. Yeah. And that's the beauty of life, you know? Mm-hmm. And oh. also like you get to you know, going back to the beginning of this conversation, like putting different labels on, yeah. like also watch what label you're putting yourself on and, mm. and or like putting onto yourself and ask if that still is true. Right. Because we get to change and we get to embrace change. You know, I had a label as a chiropractor. I had a label as a chiropractor the other weekend when Mel Robbins asked me to treat her, but I was like, uh, (laughs) I've not worn this label for a real long time. Um, But it was, it was funny. It was a funny story. She screamed like crazy when I adjusted her. Um, And, but like, it's, it's funny that, you know, we, we are sometimes what we say we are. 
And so if we say we're not good at social media, we're also probably never going to be good at social media. True. And if we say we're like good or not good at this, like it's really a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, there's natural talents in certain areas and natural gifts, but you really do get to create narratives. Joe Dispenza always says, your personality is your personal reality, right? Mm-hmm. And like, just remember, like you get to choose how you feel. You get to choose who you are. No one else can tell you who you are unless you let them. Yeah. Like if I'm like, hey, no, I'm not a chiropractor anymore. I'm not a chiropractor anymore, right? But I get to make that decision. So whether you feel like, oh, hang on a minute, I could never be a business person or I could never do this, then it's going to be probably right because you're not even trying or wanting to create those labels or change those labels for yourself. And like when the biggest thing, the biggest gift that I think you can give to yourself is to empower yourself to take control of who you say you are. Mm. So if I say I'm good at something, if I say I'm bad at something, if I say I'm this, I'm saying that, like they're really like self-fulfilling prophecies. So choose your words wisely about the stories that you're creating and the narratives that you're creating around yourself. So Danielle, mic drop. That is so freaking good. Okay. So for anyone that wants to connect with you further, or just even like, maybe you could mention like your mastermind, what you're excited about right now. Tell us, tell us all the things. Oh, um, okay. I am, I'm honestly, I'm just excited about women in business right now. Like I think yes. the stats are really changing and um, you can probably hear my voice. I'm just like really excited about that. I think we're just on the yeah, press. You're so, if, if they could see you right now, you're so giddy. You're just like, I know, let's go. Because <laughs> I'm just like, this is extraordinary. Like to have changed, have this many women founding businesses and the fastest growing sector within that is um, women of color, which I think is even more incredible. So that feels really, really exciting. And I'm just really excited to help more people on their journey. Like I said, I really realized that boss babe has been a great place to like really help people to start their businesses and grow to six figures. But I'm also Mm -hmm. really excited now. I've not worked, I've not done a mastermind for three years and start this mastermind that works with multiple, um, six figure entrepreneurs or the early sevens to help scale their businesses with their systems and their marketing and their hiring and their team. So I'm really, really excited about that. It's, um, closed right now. Um, but oops, people can like email me, um, or actually just drop me on Instagram, a little DM. Yeah. DM you personally about, yeah, it's like, it's, um, yeah, it's a very um, curated group, which I'm really, really proud of. And they're doing epic things. And I really believe, and my friend Sanera says, like, nothing bad happens when women make money. And I really mm-hmm. believe in that too. Like, I think it's so powerful when um, women get to create businesses to create change. And, you know, for a long, long time, it was very much around, hey, like, your business can't get funding because, like, we don't we don't see the problem in that. We don't see the point of that. And you hear these like investor stories where the investors like, we're going like, let me check with my wife or let me check mm-hmm. with my daughter. And I think we're really at this tipping point now where women, because eight, like 80% of wealth is really a lot controlled by women in the households. And wow. so I think it's really, really exciting times that women's businesses and women's products are really moving forwards because we're creating them for each other. We're creating them for the people that we were 
who need that help. And mm -hmm. so I'm really excited about where entrepreneurship is heading, particularly from a women founded aspect. And if you share this sentiment, then yes, come follow me. That's my community, personal community as well, Danielle Canty. Um, so in there then, and if you're interested in the mastermind, just drop me a DM and say hi and say that you were listening because I love interacting with everyone. I feel like I have friends on my social media Right, so true, so true. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. And then, of course, they can check out Boss Babe podcast. Yeah, Boss they can check out Boss Babe mm -hmm. on Instagram, yeah. too. Um, but, Danielle, well, thank you so much. Your stuff is such a gift. This was such a beautiful conversation. I think it's going to help a lot of people. So I appreciate you, girl. I appreciate you, thank too. You. Thanks, hon. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend. Like, send it to her right now. Or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.